Hello and welcome to the Gleaned Podcast. We have live in the studio Senior Pastor Steve Barbie. We got Josh back on the controls. Hello. And then we got me, as always, Wesley, over here doing what I do, which we've not figured out, but we're doing anyway. But last week, uh, we were talking about how uh, God saved you, how he called you into the ministry uh, and the things that transpired there. And this week, we kind of ended last week with uh, the vision, and we were talking about vision, and we we're going to pick up this week on that. And uh, I believe, like some of y'all will know, with Paul Harvey now for the rest of the story. But um, I know in Proverbs, you know, it says that the people perish, you know, without vision or lack of knowledge. And um, what's the what to you? What is the importance of vision for the church? or any ministry? Well, I think it uh, gives the people a perspective of what we're really about, what our church is about, and uh, what God has called us to do, our purpose. Uh, you know, and in order to accomplish, I think, the vision that uh, God has given, uh, we have to have prayer, first of all, first and foremost, preaching and teaching of the Word, uh, discipleship, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and then our personal witness. And, uh, you know, that has a great deal to do with uh, our purpose, what uh, God has called us to do. And uh, back uh, in, I believe it was 1984, uh, there was a prophecy spoken over the church that it was to be a light on the hill and to be a headquarters for the Holy Spirit on planet Earth. In other words, that don't mean that this is the only place that right. the Holy Spirit, of course, can operate because he's everywhere all the time. But uh, we uh, have always strived to welcome the Holy Spirit and uh, to allow him to have his way in the services and in our own personal lives right. that Jesus may be glorified in it. And uh, so that, I think, is uh, basically, uh, you know, what what we want to do and what we've been trying to do all these years is to teach the truth of God's Word because uh, I... <laughs> It's amazing when you, you know, get out in public and you begin to talk to people and realize how little they know about the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of bad things that happen, uh, they believe that it's God's will, uh, you know, and God must have had a reason in it. And uh, But the Bible tells us that, uh, you know, God came to seek and to save that which is lost. He didn't come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And so, you know, we have an adversary in First Peter chapter 5 in verse 8. He said, Be sober and be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And so we need to understand and realize that we have an adversary. He's arrayed against us. And uh, he will, you know, attack us from all different kinds of uh, uh, avenues. And uh, I think uh, one of the things that uh, we've been seeing in, in the last uh, few years is there has been a tremendous attack on the family. Yes. And uh, I know, you know, the devil knows that if he can destroy the families, he can destroy the church. Right. But... Uh, you know, thank God we have hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. In the 16th chapter of Matthew, you know, the, uh, Jesus asked the disciples, he said, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And uh, some say, well, some say you're John the Baptist raised from the dead. Some say you're Jeremiah or you're one of the prophets. And then Jesus turned and said, but who do you say that I am. 
And uh, that's a question that every one of us is going to have to answer for ourselves. Who do we believe Jesus really is? And Peter spoke up and said, We believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And uh, Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And he said, Upon this rock, not upon Peter, right. but upon the rock of the revelation knowledge of God's word, he said, I will build my church. Praise God. I will build my church upon the rock of the revelation of God's word. And he said, the gates, get that, gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. Praise God. And so uh, that's why we must preach the truth of God's word. Uh, Paul, you know, instructing young Timothy, he said, be instant in season and out of season. In other words, preach the word no matter what. Right. I know sometimes when you preach the truth, people don't like it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they say, well, he's teaching false doctrine. But, you know, everything that we have endeavored to teach and preach through the years, uh, we have proven it in our own lives. Uh, in Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, uh, here again, Paul talking to young Timothy, he said uh, in the first verse, he said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And then verse 2 through 13 is talking about the heart attitude of society before he comes. Mm-hmm. Then in verse 14, he said, But you continue. This is our hope. Right. You continue in the things that you have learned and have proven. Right. And also know whom you have learned it from. In other words, you, when somebody is uh, teaching and preaching the word of God, uh, you know, uh, follow what they're saying in the word of God. The Bible says, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And we do. And, but Jesus is admonishing us to, you know, when somebody's preaching or teaching the Word of God, search it out in the Scripture for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's one of the things that uh, I think, uh, you know, really uh, got me uh, so wound up, I guess you would say, was uh, when I first got saved, and, you know, we talked about that last week, but... I had an insatiable desire to know Jesus. Well, how can you know him apart from his word? Right. You see. And uh, so because he is the living word. Mm -hmm. John chapter 1 verse 14 said he was the word made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth. So. You, you have to search out the scriptures for yourself and uh, see if what they're teaching you is true. You, you got the Holy Spirit inside of you. If you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us according to Jesus' words in the 16th chapter of John's gospel. And uh, he said, it's necessary that I go away, for if I no- go not away, the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, will not come. And uh, so, of course, that's why Jesus went to the Father. And when he went to the Father, the uh, the Holy Spirit came 10 days later on the day of Pentecost. Mm -hmm. And that's when the church was birthed. And uh, so Jesus also said in the 13th verse of, uh, well, actually in the 12th verse of the 16th chapter of John, he said, I have many things yet to say unto you but you're not able to bear them now. In other words, you're not in a position spiritually for me to share some of these things with you. He didn't say he wasn't ever going to. He just said, you can't bear it now. Right. But he said then in the 13th verse, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, (laughs) that's the Holy Spirit. That's the same Holy Spirit that indwells us. And he said, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, 
He will guide you into all truth, not some of it, all of it. Praise God. And, uh, you know, he, he said he would not speak of himself, but he would take of that which is mine and will show it unto you. So we have to depend upon the Holy Spirit that is inside of us to bear witness with the, with the Word and what somebody's uh, teaching or preaching, and your spirit will bear witness with it if it's true. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that uh, I learned that at an early age in my Christian walk. Uh, you know, I would be in a service somewhere, and uh, somebody would be teaching something, and, you know, I didn't know the Bible well enough to know whether it was right or wrong, but seemed like they would be something right down here on the inside. That's the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He dwells within our spirit. And uh, he, just like something was scratchy, uneasy like, and I would hear not an audible voice, but I'd hear it down in here, don't follow that, that's not right. And so then when I would get home, I would search it out in the Scripture. And then I'd say, well, you know, that wasn't right. What he's, that's not what he was saying. Right. This is what it says. And then right on the other hand, I've been in services where uh, what a person was teaching, you know, I'm still a, basically a baby Christian. And, uh, you know, I don't know the Bible well enough to know if what he's telling is right or not. But it was like it was something, that same something right down in here on the inside, would, it was easy. It, it was smooth, easy feeling. And I'd hear that same voice right down here on the inside. Follow that. That's right. And I'd go home and search it out in the scriptures. And I'd say, well, you know, that is right. That's what he was teaching right there. It is, you know, in right. the Bible. And so that's what we, uh, and I still, you know, even today, uh, if my spirit don't bear witness with what somebody's teaching, I, Search it out in the scriptures to see if it's the truth or not. Because uh, really, uh, for to us to be established in the faith that God uh, wants us to have and uh, that he's given to us, we have to know the truth of God's word. Right. Because uh, you really can't believe God beyond your knowledge of his word. And so that's why it's so important. We, we've always, uh, through the years, have tried to encourage our people, you know, don't take it just because I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you search the Scripture for you. See if I'm telling you the truth or not. And uh, you need to do that, you know, irregardless of who's doing the teaching or the preaching. Uh, you know, you search it out for yourself. And when you see it, in the word, when you receive it, at, you know, the truth from the word, mm-hmm. then you're settled in it. Right. You see. Right. And you said earlier when we were talking about vision, that part of that was purpose. Yeah. And I, do you, do you think it's right that, uh, the church as a whole, globally speaking, all churches together because we're one body, Right. Um, we have one purpose, that is to to, see, to to win the loss, to disciple people. But then each church, individual, local churches, each ministry has its own vision that coincides with the the corporate vision of the church. Yeah. And then each church, because like ours is, you know, we're we're more word of faith. And, you know, our vision is seeing people's lives changed by the power of God. Mm-hmm. Well, our vision is right, and we know it is because we that come out of Romans one sixteen. But if another church has a vision that's not like ours, it doesn't make that church wrong. It's just that's another part of yeah. the body of Christ, and it takes all parts to make a body whole. That's right. We, uh, you know, God has a special assignment for each one of us, and uh, just like I'll use this for an example. That's like Reverend Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. Uh, my goodness. As far as preaching salvation, I don't know anybody can preach salvation any better than him. Uh, you know, he won a lot of people to Jesus Christ, that's for sure. But uh, 
you know, I've heard some people say, well, they didn't like Billy Graham because he didn't believe in the Holy Spirit. And I'd say, give me a break. Right. You know, I said, if he don't believe in the Holy Spirit, then we need to get rid of what we think we got so we can win as many souls as <laughs> right. he has. You know, he knows what it is, but his assignment was primarily to preach the salvation through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. His death, burial, and resurrection. And uh, he stuck to his assignment. He was faithful in mm-hmm. it. Then right on the other hand, uh, Kenneth, Reverend Kenneth E. Hagan, uh, who the Lord spoke to me in 1978 over in Charlotte, North Carolina, and told me to study after him. And I've endeavored to do that through all these years. And, of course, I've read, you know, things from other ministries as well. But uh, primarily I've studied uh, his life, studied what he taught, and uh, he was, uh, you know, had an incurable blood disease, a deformed heart, and a, I don't, the, the partial paralysis. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said it took him a long time to go through the Bible, especially in the book of Mark. And he got to chapter 11, and, uh, you know, where Jesus had cursed the fig tree. And uh, when they came back the next day, uh, Peter brought brought to remembrance. He said, Master, behold, the fig tree that thou cursedest is withered and dried up. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. And then he proceeded to teach them how it operates. He said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, and doubt not in his heart, but believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. You see, he's emphasizing the importance of us speaking out, out of our mouth, from our heart, the truth of God's word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And you have to say something. The same thing, the Apostle Paul in Romans 10 Uh, verse 8, 9, and 10, he said, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee. In other words, it's in your heart and it's in your mouth. Mm -hmm. And he said, Whosoever shall confess. You see, you got to say something. Whosoever shall confess uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in his heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with his mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And so, uh, you know, I forgot, I think it was all total about 16 months mm-hmm. uh, of him studying that scripture that uh, raised him up off the deathbed because right. he had five different doctors on his case and all of them, uh, you know, were saying there's no hope, there's nothing we can do. But thank God, uh, I mean, we thank God for doctors, but, you know, when the doctor shakes his head and says there's no hope, there's nothing we can do medically, thank God it's not over yet because right. there's always hope in the Lord Jesus Christ and in the promises of his word. And in uh, the Corinthians, it said that uh, all of the promises of God, mm. how many of them? All. All of them are in him, yea, and in him, amen. amen. Amen don't mean the end. That means yeah. so be it. <laughs> right. You know, so the promises of God are yes and amen. And uh, so that's why it's so important that we stay with the word. You know, like I said, uh, Paul told Timothy, speak the word, uh, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, whether it's popular or unpopular, mm-hmm. whether people like it or don't like it. Stay with the truth of God's word because according to the eighth chapter of the book of John, that's what's going to set people free. Mm-hmm. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. That is truth acted upon in faith. Right. Yep. And when we look at our, our vision and we've, we've this church and what we've preached here, uh, and not just with you, but even with 
ministers that have come in, they line up with our vision and our doctrine. And, uh, you know, what would you say to someone uh, who, who maybe is going to a church, but they feel disconnected? Uh, Maybe they feel uh, that they're not being fed by the pastor or they're not being fed by what's coming from the pulpit. Uh, how would, what would you say to them to encourage them as far as sometimes it may be that the, the minister is, has gotten away from God or not preaching the word, but sometimes I think we just need to check ourselves sometimes, mm-hmm. but speak on that just for a minute. Uh, well, certainly if a preacher, you know, is not preaching the word as it's written in the Bible, you need to get away from that. Right. But uh, I believe that they're, uh, you know, most preachers, I believe, sincerely from their heart, they want to preach what's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they may feel intimidated, uh, you know, by deacon board or <laughs> or somebody, uh, you know, that uh, in the church that don't like them or don't like what they're saying. But, you know, it doesn't make any difference what people think. It's thus saith the Lord. Right. You see? And we're not to be men pleasers. We're mm-hmm. we're to strive to please God. Right. You know. But uh, even, even in that, uh, it may be a personality conflict, you know. Mm-hmm. Not that, that it means the pastor's mean or bad. It just means maybe they just don't click right. together, you know. And uh, they may just not be receiving what they feel like they need. But I believe God has a place for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been uh, countless people that has come here. And, uh, you know, they say, well, you know, I'm just not sure. And I said, well, you know, you pray and seek God. Because if this is not where God wants you to be, you will not grow spiritually and accomplish what God has planned and purpose for right. your life. So you have to see, you know, search your own heart, as you said, and, uh, you know, see, is this where God, is this where you want me? Can I serve in this body, wherever it may be? And, uh, you know, we we may not be for everybody. Everybody don't like me. Uh, I know that <laughs> after nearly a half a century. Uh, my personality, I, I don't understand why people don't love me, but, <laughs> but I know that everybody, uh, you know, the way I preach or how I conduct myself may not, uh, you know, be what they like. I remember uh, preaching over in a, a little church not far from here years ago, and uh, each night we would uh, go down, the men would go down in the basement of the church, and we would pray before the service started. And uh, after the, I believe it was the third night, we went down into the uh, basement of the church to prayer, and we prayed for the service. And then we started out, and I was uh, kind of, the man was walking out in front of me. And uh, this one fellow, I noticed he was kind of hanging back, you know. And uh, he said, uh, I, I need to ask you to forgive me. Well, I didn't even know him. I, I thought, well, you've not done anything to <laughs> right. me. He said, well, he said, when you we heard you was coming, he said, I thought you was one of them, you know, that uh, spit and <laughs> slung your arms and, you know, the hellfire brimstone preacher, right. you know. And uh, he said, but uh, you, 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 uh, you know, you you just would talk to us like you were just talking to us, mm-hmm. teaching us. And basically, uh, that's what I like. I mean, I like the preaching anointing. Mm-hmm. It's a little different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to pre- preach means to proclaim. To teach means to explain. Right. And so, so uh, basically, I was just doing teaching a lot in those days. But every now and then, that preaching anointing. Yeah. comes and boy I like that <laughs> but uh, anyway he said uh, I, I was disappointed because you you wasn't spitting cotton and flailing your arms around and all that <clears throat> but he said I, I, I ask you to forgive me because I started hearing what you was saying 
Right. And he said, I, I'm, I just, and I like it. He said, I ask you to forgive me. I said, well, brother, you're forgiven. And on, uh, towards the end of that week, uh, you know, the last night of the service, uh, on, had a week long revival. And, uh, the, on the last night he came up for prayer and, uh, he had been in a car accident or he was actually in a truck, but in an accident. And uh, he had a steel pin in his leg. And, uh, you know, it still gave him problem and everything. And so uh, what I had been teaching him that week was faith uh, and healing, you know, that mm-hmm. God would heal them if they would trust him and believe his word and receive what Christ did for them by the stripes that was laid upon his back. First Peter 2, 24, by whose stripes you were the price of that has already been paid and uh, also teaching them about uh, unforgiveness you know that mm-hmm. if we have all against any and we don't forgive them it said neither will the father in heaven forgive us so I, I was kind of teaching along those lines and uh, so anyway he came up for prayer and we prayed for him and the power of God hit him and he danced all over that church. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, that might be a little extreme for some folks, but I tell you what, when the power of God gets a hold of you, right. you, you'll you do unusual things, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know. But uh, he, he uh, you know, was healed, and, and his leg didn't bother him anymore. And uh, I was thinking of another situation where I'd preached and uh, kind of preaching along those same lines. And uh, when I gave the altar call, a man came up and uh, he said, uh, a couple of years ago, he said, a man tried to kill me. He said, now I'm a Christian, but he said, after he tried to kill me, he said, I've hated him. Right. He said, but hearing you preach, he said, I realize I'm wrong holding that unforgiveness against him. I can't really hate him if I'm a Christian, can I? I said, no, sir. (laughs) I said, you need to get that right. And uh, so I said, I'll I'll pray with you. I'll lead you in a prayer. And when we say, I release so-and-so, you know, uh, and forgive them, you don't have to tell me who it is because it's none of my business anyway. You just whisper it out. You don't have to say it out loud, but just whisper and say, Lord, I release Mm so-and-so, whoever it is, and I forgive them, and I pray for them and ask you to bless them. Well, that'll, that not only would release that other person, but it would set him free. Right. And so I led him in that prayer. And uh, when I said amen, he said, well, it's gone. Well, I thought he's talking about, you know, the unforgiveness mm-hmm. and the hate that he had towards him was gone. I said, what do you mean it's gone? He said, I had a, a, a tumor up under my right arm as big as an orange. And he said, when I said... I release and call that man's name. He said, that thing just disappeared. And, you know, uh, medical science has even proven that if we hold bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness Mm -hmm. against people, it can cause physical uh, things to happen to us. It Mm -hmm. can cause us to be sick physically. Mentally. And mentally. And of course, uh, the devil will take advantage of that. Right. You know, and, uh, but thank God he was set free by the truth of God's word. Amen. So some people, I I, I think we look at a broad spectrum over the years, half a century that, that you have ministered to not only here, but in other places. Um, and our vision here is seeing people's lives changed by the power of God. And, and I know that you, we, we've strived to do that. You've strived, but has it always went the way you thought it would go? No, (laughs) I think every time I've tried to figure out how God was going to do something, he, he's not going to do it that way. He'll do it a different way. But, uh, and that's good because, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, I don't claim to be the smartest person in the world. But uh, I've learned through the years, you you better let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. Right. Because if you try to do it in your own strength and your own ability, you're going to make a mess. Right. 
And another thing I think sometimes, and it may be somebody watching, you know, and I, I've heard people make the, the statement before, you know, well, well, I'm good. I don't need God to do anything else. Uh, almost to the sense of they think because maybe they got a little money in the bank, their bills are paid, they're healthy, that, that that's good enough. But does God want more for them than just what they have? Always. Uh, I don't think that we as uh, Christians, as believers, that we should ever get to a place where we're satisfied. Right. Uh, you know, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Or you could say after that which is right. Mm -hmm. Righteousness is that which is right. And uh, for they shall be filled. And so I think, uh, you know, if what happens a lot of time, I, I know when I was first saved, <laughs> you know, I've usually uh, like uh, Superman, they called him the mild-mannered newspaper man, mm -hmm. uh, you know, quiet and kind of reserved. I, uh, I was always, you know, not wanting to get up in front of people and things, you know. But, uh, you know, when uh, the, you get hungry for God, uh, I, I, I was desperate to know the truth of God's Word for myself. Mm -hmm. I knew the Sunday school stories that I had been taught as I was brought up in church. But I wanted, you know, I knew what uh, Jesus did with Peter, James, and John, and all the other disciples. But... I, I, and I, you know, I want to, what, what is he going to do with me? What, right. what's he doing in my life? And, uh, so if you ever get complacent and, uh, think you don't need anything, you're in trouble. Right. You, you should always, uh, you know, stir up that that is within you. That's why, uh, you know, after all these years, I always still tell people when I got born again. Right. And people say, well, why do you tell that so much? Because every time I tell it, it stirs something on the inside of me. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and so I, I can't help it. I, I was uh, sharing with a, a guy here uh, just uh, yesterday uh, at the cafe, and I told him, about me getting born again, <laughs> you know, I, I said, I, I turned my life over to Christ, you know, uh, May the 27th, 1972 on a Saturday night, West Oakburg Baptist Church, approximately 20 minutes after eight o'clock, I got born again. <laughs> you know, praise God. That may not, you know, help somebody up, but boy, it sure does disturb me up on the right. inside, you know, and really, the new birth, being born again, is the greatest miracle anybody can receive. Right. And if we as Christians have already received the greatest miracle, then it ought to be an easy thing to receive healing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for our physical bodies. We might, uh, you know, talk on that some later on yeah. in another service, but uh, uh, another podcast. But, uh, uh, you know, people need to... Keep that stirred up. Uh, Jesus told, uh, through the Apostle Paul, he told Timothy, he said, ne neglect not the gift that is within thee. Mm -hmm. Stir up the gift. See, it's up to us. God's not going to do it. Right. He, we have to do it. He said, you stir up the gift. You neglect not the gift. You say, well, how do I stir it up? By praising him, by mm -hmm. worshiping him, by praying you know, in prayer, getting before God, uh, getting in the Word, you know, and uh, just get stirred up, you know, mm -hmm. because uh, if you don't do it, then God's not going to do it. Yeah. You know, people say, well, I'm, I'm waiting on God. Well, God's waiting on you. Yeah. And when you make a move, then God will make a move. Right. Yeah, I think that's one of the most rewarding things as a minister is when you, you mentor people or you're ministering to people, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or whether it's uh, a service setting where you're at the actual church, 
But when you, you've been preaching and, and preaching and sharing and pouring your heart out, and all of a sudden they get it. Yeah. You see that light go off, and they realize the truth behind what you're saying, and they understand it at, from a personal standpoint. Because I think a lot of people, it's just like with healing, I think it's easy for people to say, yeah, God will heal you. I believe God can heal you. But when it comes to them, their self, I think sometimes the enemy puts that thought, well, he'll do it for them, but will he do it for you? And, you know, seeing people get that and that light go off that, hey, God will do this for me. God will do that for me. Um, you know, it it's just like people going to a gym. Mm-hmm. You know, when you first start going to a gym, it hurts. Yeah. It, you don't want to go. You, you've some, you know, you may have worked all day long. You're tired, but you make yourself go because you're not happy with the outward appearance of your body. And, you know, the more you go, when you begin to see results, uh, you know, when your, uh, uh, wife begins to compliment you, if you're the husband or your husband, if, if the wife's working out, the husband begins to come, it, it builds you up and you say, Hey, th- this is good results. Um, and it's the same thing with the word of God. When you begin to study it for yourself, after you've heard a message, after you've been in church, you take that word home. You don't just set your Bible on the counter and leave it till next Sunday. Hmm. It's a living word. You have to take it out daily and, and it builds your spirit up. And, you know, the same thing happens on the other side of it. Like when you don't go to the gym for a while and then try to go back, it, it's hard. And a lot of times people, they start doing real good in God. They start growing in God and then something will happen and they just fall away. And it's like they don't come back or it's hard to get going back again. And it seems like everything's crumbling around them when what they really need to do is get back in his house. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible talks about iron sharpeneth iron. You know, just like me and you talking now and, and Josh, it builds my spirit and sharpens me and excites me just to talk about the word, you know. And I think people need to realize that you can talk about your problems and it's not going to get you anywhere. But when you can give your problems to God and then you can talk about God and study his word, the problems will, will go away or God will give you the grace or the ability to overcome that situation or those problems. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah. Uh, you know, Paul told Timothy there, let me say this for you should never have to dust off your Bible every time you pick it up. That's right. You ought to be using it on a daily basis. Right. Uh, probably some people, like you said, if they just pick it up on Sundays, they may get a little dust on it. Uh, you should never allow dust to settle on your Bible. Right. You should study the word every single day, a portion of it, you know, and, uh, some somebody asked me. Of course, uh, my wife and I we're reading devotions to, and to read through the Bible in a year, and we've done it, uh, you know, uh, last year, and we're doing it again this year. And of course, she's personally mm-hmm. read through the Bible seven or eight times, and I've read through the Bible several times. But uh, you know, uh, people's asked me and said, "Well, how how do you study?" I, I like to study subjects, right? you know, because you can be reading a chapter and it may talk about two or three different things in that one chapter. Mm-hmm. But I like to study subjects. Uh, for instance, if I'm studying on salvation, how to get people saved, how to witness to them, I'm going to study everything I can find on how to be born again, mm-hmm. you know, what it means to be born again and, and so forth. And uh, if I'm wanting to learn more about faith and build up my faith, I'm going to look up all the scriptures I can on that subject of faith. And uh, regardless, whether it's on healing or the end times, mm-hmm. you know, and I, a lot of people are having questions about the end times now because of all that's going on. And uh, But uh, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15, he said, study mm-hmm. 
study his work. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not going to come easy. Right. You, you have to dig into it, study it, meditate on it. He said, study to show thyself approved a workman. Right. You see, he even said it's work. Mm-hmm. Study to show thyself approved unto God, not man. Mm-hmm. Study to show thyself approved unto God. It doesn't make any difference what, I mean, you know, we naturally, we want people to like us and think, well, but uh, everybody's not going to like us. It, that's just a fact, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, as long as God is pleased with my life and I'm doing what he's called me to do, I don't care what anybody else thinks. Right. Because I'm striving to please my heavenly Father. But he said, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Right. But rightly dividing the word of truth. If you don't study, there's a possibility you can wrongly divide it. And yeah. I think that's where people get into trouble. Mm-hmm. They don't study it for themselves, and they don't rightly divide the Word of God. And uh, they come up with all kinds of crazy ideas, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you can avoid that if you'll study the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you into all truth. Jesus said he would, and uh, even after all these years, I still, when I study God's Word, I I go to John 16, verse 13. Spirit of truth, I expect you to guide me into the truth of God's Word. If I'm required to preach it and to tell the people what the Bible says, I'm trusting you to guide me into the truth. And uh, I, I can't depend on my own understanding of it, I've got to have the Holy Spirit to direct me into the truth. And then, uh, you know, as we said earlier, you preach the truth in season, out of season, whether it's popular or unpopular, whether people like it or don't like it, you stay with the Word of God, and you're going to come out all right. Amen. Yeah, I think when it talks about, you were talking about rightly dividing the Word, and then it can be wrongly divided, you know, it, it... one of the you know subjects, whether it's healing, some people believe that it is God's will to heal. Others believe it's not God's will to heal. Um, you know, then there's like with prosperity, a prosperity gospel. You know, people, you know, God wants to make us all millionaires, and then they some that well, God wants to keep us broke and humble because if we have money, that's being attached to the world. And then you know, with word of faith, you know. Or it preaches, you know, name it and claim it, which some people's made fun of it and said, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. You know, in all of those, I believe that you can get on the wrong side of a ditch with all of it. That's why there is that importance to rightly divide. Mm -hmm. Because when something's divided rightly, there's equal halves on each side. And you just go right in in the middle. You know, learning what's right, how not to go too far, get drastic on something. And, you know, like with people that, that won't, you know, believe that uh, God wants us uh, to keep us broke. Mm-hmm. You know, well, why would I serve a God that died for sending his son to die on the cross for my sins so that I can have eternal life, but yet suffer and be broke and barely get through life here? How is that appealing to anybody? You know, if a sinner, you know, so we have to learn to, to rightly divide that. And I yeah. think that is one thing uh, that people should look for in a church is, is what's being taught there, is it being rightly divided? You know, and uh, because I think when things are rightly divided, that's when you, you find out that you will see people's life changed yeah. by the power of God. Uh, because... If their lives are not changed by the power of God, then everything we do is just a waste of time. Yeah. You know, so we have to preach it and we have to study it. We have to make it become alive to us so that when we preach it or teach it, we believe it. Right. You know, I think I've sat in services before and I've even thought to myself that the person that was up there, whether it was just a guest minister or a special speaker somewhere, 
even the minister, I've seen some on TV or you hear them on the radio, and I thought, I don't even know if they believe what they're saying. Yeah. Because it's just there's no passion behind it. You know, it's almost like they hadn't lived it. And I know in my life, I know in yours, I know Josh has, uh, in his family, all of our families, we've we've seen God bless us financially. Mm-hmm. He's met needs and, and money's come, uh, you know, when we we didn't have any way out. We we've seen God touch our families with healing. We've we've seen God uh, bring things into our possession when we begin to believe Him for. We've seen these things happen, so it's hard for somebody to come and tell us, "No, that's not right." Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's the the big importance when to see people's life change. We have to see our own life changed first. Yeah. And then once I've seen my life change, then I have a more desire or a drive to go tell somebody else, hey, you know, you need to do this. You need to try this. God will change your life. Um, I know, you know, when you're talking about telling your, when you got saved, all the different times, what was coming up in, you know, the, the scripture that says that we've overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm-hmm. Not somebody else's testimony, our testimony. So the more I tell people what God's done for me, the bolder and the stronger I get, the more I even believe it, and it makes it more believable to someone that's listening. That's right. So, but um, as far as the seeing people's lives change, where did you get the, did God give you the scripture in Romans for that? Well, I think, Romans one sixteen has always been uh, uh, the standby scripture that mm-hmm. I've always stood on. Uh, you know that uh, he said, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it mm-hmm. is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe, to the Jew first, and then also to the Greek." And uh, so, uh, I've never been ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've never been ashamed of what God has done in my life. And, uh, you know, I've had people that say, I remember preaching in a church, uh, and I won't call the name of it because it that doesn't matter. Uh, but I heard a man say, that boy can't preach a lick. <laughs> well, I may can't, but I'm <laughs> still here nearly 50 years been doing it. Right. And, uh, you know, whether you call it preaching or what, uh, I've endeavored to share the truth of God's word. You know, people, uh, the Bible said, uh, you know, that uh, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews 13, 8. Mm-hmm. And I've heard preachers on the radio use that verse of scripture. And yet they say, yeah, but uh, he He no longer heals today like he did in Bible days. Mm-hmm. Well, if he don't, then he's not the same. Right. I mean, you don't have to be a genius to figure right. that out, mm-hmm. you know. Or, uh, you know, like, uh, well, God don't want us to have no money. Mm-hmm. And they'll use that story about the rich young ruler, you know, uh, ask Jesus what he had to do to inherit eternal life. And Jesus began to, uh, you know, quote the commandments, mm-hmm. thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and so on. And he said, well, I, I've kept them ever since I'm just a little boy. Jesus said, you're like one thing. And, uh, you know, I, I think you're in pretty good shape if <laughs> yeah. you just like one thing, you know. But he said, well, tell me what it is, and I'll do it, and then I, I'll have eternal life. He said, go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor. And I've heard preachers say, See there, see there, God don't want us to have none of this world's good. Well, Jesus wasn't after that uh, man's money. Mm -mm. He was after his heart. Right. You see, and uh, the Bible, you know, says, uh, you know, wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be also. God's not opposed to us having money. Money is a means to an end. Uh, Now, does God make all of us millionaires? No. But he will bless us according to what he's called us to do, and he'll foot the bill. 
Right. You see? <clears throat> and so uh, if that rich young ruler had obeyed Jesus and went and give everything that he had, sold it, give it to the poor, do you think Jesus would have left him that way? No. No, the Bible says he that gives to the poor lends to the Lord, and he, he yeah. the Lord himself, will repay. And he always repays with interest. Right. You know? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, God was out only after the rich young ruler's heart. heart. He didn't care how much money he had, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, uh, and but the Bible tells us that if uh, wealth or riches increase, don't set your heart on it. Right. Because God, like you said, I've heard you say, God may give you a million dollars. You say, well, boy, I got it made now. I got a million dollars. Mm-hmm. But then God says, yeah, but I want you to give it to that ministry over here. Right. I want you to help these people. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do it? Right. <laughs> yeah. You see, so God don't mind you being blessed. Uh, it's like God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you to make you a blessing. Right. You see, we can't bless others if we don't have anything to bless them with. Right. And I know there's other things besides money. That's, yeah. that's not the issue. But uh, the point I'm making is that, you know, God don't mind us having money. It's just as long as we don't put our faith and our trust in that. Right. We should always make God first in our lives. Right. Whether it concerns money or health or whatever. Yeah. Always put God first. He should have first place in our heart and in our life. And, uh, you know, it's just like uh, when the uh, pandemic, they call it, started Mm -hmm. back in uh, March of 2020. Actually, it started a little before that, but in March, was when they was telling churches to shut down, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so that not to spread the virus. And uh, I think we did five services online, Mm -hmm. and nobody had gotten the virus, so we opened our church back up. Right. And then over in the month of November of that year, uh, my wife and I got uh, the virus, and, of course, it was mild, and we did fine. Thank God for that. And then some others started getting it, and we shut it down for two more weeks. Mm-hmm. And I said, if in two weeks nobody else has got the virus, we're going to open back up. Right. And we've been open ever since. Right. And, uh, you know, so, but during that time, you know, I heard people that had uh, large, larger churches than ours mm-hmm. say they, they couldn't hardly make it because they were, Tithes and offerings went down. Right, buyers increased. Yeah, it did. Buyers doubled, mm-hmm. and the people what when they didn't come, and even when they started coming back, uh, they kept giving, and mm-hmm. uh, you know it just it's just been there. And yep. we've uh, done some remodeling to mm-hmm. the church, and we got more to do. But you know the money's been there to do it every bit. We've paid for every single thing that's been done. Right. We've not had to borrow any money. We've not had to browbeat the people. If you don't give, we right. ain't going to make it. Mm-hmm. No, we're going to make it because we're doing what God's told us right. to do. Yeah. Well, just like this past Sunday, you know, uh, a lady in her church was trying to, was going to sell pound cakes, uh, you know, to help free a, a lady out of slavery. And, you know, it wasn't but like $650. And, you know, $650 to, to get a family out of slavery is nothing. And and we just charge the people. And I think when everything's said and done, it's going to be maybe two, maybe three families just off of one Sunday. Mm-hmm. Because people have to understand, yeah, money, we have to have it to survive. We have to have it to buy groceries. We have to, to have it to, to, you know, like it is now to put gas in our cars. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have to have a big fat wallet. If I can give what little I have and it helped free a family, I know that God's not going to leave me hanging. I know that God's going to bless me. And it's not a, I just give so I can get it's I give so that I can see people's lives change by the power of God. 
But the benefit for me is God's going to bless me back. Yeah. You know, and I was reminded of the scripture where he said, seek ye first mm-hmm. the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then he said, and all these things yeah. shall be added unto you. So if I seek his kingdom and I live righteous, I'm discipling people. I'm seeing people's lives changed by the power of God. I should not have any need, lack, or want in my life. Because if I take care of God's business, he'll take care of mine. Yeah. Yeah, and the scripture, you know, says to look to the needs of others and God will take care of the things that concern us. So, and that also says esteem another better than yourself. So, uh, we should always look for ways of how, uh, you know, God can use us to be a blessing. That That's the biggest thing. Uh, I know in all the years that we've ministered, uh, the greatest joy that my wife and I receive is, like you said earlier, when we have, uh, you know, taught people, we've uh, done our level best to instill the Word of God into them and, uh, you know, help them and encourage them any way we can. And then, like you say, we see them getting a hold of the Word of God and it changing their life. That brings us more joy Mm -hmm. than anything else is when we see that because that's what God's put in our heart. We want to see people's life changed by the power of God and the word of God, the truth of God's word is what's going to set people free. Amen. Well, we're winding down the end of the hour. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Uh, just remember if you watch it on Facebook, like it, share it, make sure we're getting the word out. God will bless you just by clicking that little share button because the people in your circle may not be watching now, but may be going through something. And by you sharing that video and them watching, it could change their life forever. So if, if you're on Facebook, like it and share it. We're also on YouTube. You can go to uh, podbean.com. I think it is that right, Josh? Uh, we're That's on right. Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Google Music, Pandora. So we're getting it out. And some people say, well, all that social media stuff. Yeah, I know that the world meant social media and the enemy meant this for the bad, but everything that was meant for bad, God can use it, turn it and use it for his good. So while the world's trying to to tear down everybody down, we're trying to build everybody up by sharing the word of God and what he's done for us personally on every social media and every uh, media outlet that we can possible. So listen, next week, we're going to start talking about, I know one of your favorite subjects, healing. I'm not sure how many weeks it's going to go, but we're going to answer questions like, is it God's will to heal? What do I have to do to be healed? Can I be healed and not be saved? Um, you know, what are the steps? Are they steps to receiving healing? So we're going to try to answer all these different questions. You know, one, will God heal all disease? You know, So make sure that you keep tuning in Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, live on Facebook, YouTube. And again, if you can't watch live, you can go on uh, Apple Podcast, Music, uh, Amazon Music, Google Music, Pandora. But make sure that you help us spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone so that the world can be changed by the power of God. Until next week, God bless you, and have a great day great rest of the week.